totally. You know, and it's crazy because it's like, you know, when I first did Color Guard, it was one of the things where like, I didn't even realize I needed this, you know? <laughs> so like, I got, like, I didn't know that this, like something like this would affect me in such a way that I want to continue, you know, doing it <laughs> forever. And I enjoy doing it, you know, like I could, like, I mean, I enjoy doing it so much to the fact to where like, at 10.30, like 100%, if I listen to any kind of Medifile or like Adele love song, I will not go to bed. Cause I'll be thinking Color Guard. <laughs> Even if I'm not doing Adele, I'll be thinking Color Guard. <laughs> Welcome back to So You Think Your Box 5, where we talk about all things marching up from the bad bad to the good shit. From the struggle bus to the perfect 20. I'm Pedro. And I'm Montana. Well, hey, back at it oh, again. Okay, hey, hey. Who we talked to this week? Well, actually, that's a lie. Who did we talk to three months ago? <laughs> July 17th, to be exact. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've been sitting on this for so long. Oh, man. So tell me, what was your first introduction to, to Taikin? Back in September, after DCI in 2019, yeah. I had just gotten the job at Madison Scouts, and I didn't really know anybody on staff other than uh, Chelsea Arenas and Sarah Rillo. I had gotten a message from him just to like, for logistical things at Madison in November. That was the first time, first and only time we've actually ever met. It was the coolest thing about the whole staff was that there was so much chemistry and I was like, I'm gonna really like it here. It was just all history from there. Oh, you color guard nerds. <laughs> oh man, speaking of nerding out on color guard, the first night we all got together, we were like hanging out at the hotel until like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning talking about technique. Talking about our release hands and talking about our push down hand. And we got, we geeked out so hard on Color Guard. I don't think I can compare another experience to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, um, quick question. Did you have anything to contribute to the technique conversation? Why you gotta put me on the spot like that? I'm not doing no quarter dip bullshit. <laughs> okay, you're also not doing a push hand, so... <laughs> Welcome to the East Coast, where it's all pull, it's all twists of the wrist and pull down all at the same time. Really smack you try to get, that release point. You try to get the buzziest toss possible. You want the most amount of rotations in the least amount of height, and, and your right like, hand is irrelevant. It just floats down, as the left hand does all the work. Yeah, left hand is twist of the wrist. But you're saving it's, it. I get why. Pull. I get why y'all do it because you gotta save the right hand. You don't want to tire out the right hand before you're about the to catch. catch that really fast like helicopter blade. So you're like, of, I'm just not gonna contribute because my time to shine is it's not yet. two and a half <laughs> seconds from now. <laughs> this is all the left hand now. And the... you pass on the baton to the right. Well, one like just throw, throwing it back to when I first learned how to toss. Um, they, they spoke of the right hand. Like a bit. But they, they would say use, they, they would tell us to use our right hand. The legend but of the right hand. I do not recall ever getting comments on the use of my right hand. Because if I'm not using my right hand 12 years later, probably wasn't using it then. <laughs> 
I think, well, I think you are until that stopping point that everyone gets to. That is like that. It's like that weird, hand. like 45. Yeah, degree. and it's like a floating hand that, like, it's like something, it's like you hit something, like like an imaginary table that it's like, why, why stop? Why did you stop? <laughs> like, what made you stop right there? Everybody does it, though. <clears throat> oh, Brit. <laughs> that was pretty shady, not gonna lie. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I've got, I've, I've got a big old umbrella for you. Bring all the shade. <laughs> anyway, we can get into this episode with Taiki. Hey. Have you been, Ty? Oh my god. Um, just trying to push. You know, trying to survive. <laughs> just trying to survive at this point. Show they're gonna have. I have some groups um, that aren't in Texas that are still, I think, holding off. Um, and then I have some that have already like made a decision like a month and a half ago just to kind of, you know, redirect our focus and then hopefully get back to the show that we were going to do this year. So I'm still keeping all the notes. I saved everything, <laughs> you know, because the work was done. So hopefully, in the, you know, next fall we can get back to this and, you know, have the kind of season we're used to having. Yeah, I got off the phone today with one of the fine arts directors of the school in New York. And they were like, yeah, we can't do in-person anything until late September. I was like, okay. And you <laughs> know what? Late like, September. I was like, okay. <laughs> what I'm, mm, see, I think that's a lie anyways. Or that's like, you know, best case prediction. I don't like, yeah. I don't think any of that's going to come through. I've been lucky that like, um, I teach some virtual bands and I, I've always like choreographed virtually for this school's been like five years now. Um, and they're in Minnesota and they've done pretty well and they're like, they're meeting um, and they're doing a revised version of their show. So instead of a 10 minute show, they're doing a six minute show. Okay. Um, so like the percussion arranger just got back to me with like the edited music. It's just like a shortened version, taking out like every other hit um, and cutting the ballad by like a minute and a half. Um, the ballad's usually boring anyway. Exactly, exactly. And it's about like the queen of Egypt. Um, so let's get to like the scandal. Okay, you can do like a four and a half minute opener. Like yeah, no. Three minute ballad. To, like, COVID said six minutes marching yeah. band, which I'm totally fine with. I mean, they adjusted like the contract price, but like I'm just happy to get it, to be getting any color guard money right now, you know? Right, yeah. I mean, for me, it was like kind of the same thing. I was just like, you know, whatever you need me to do, I will do for you. You need me to... Uh, look at how we stand as the band you know i will do that for you i will you need to you, you need your shoes polished for next year i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> but you know i've been i've definitely been trying to usually i only focus on like just color guard um design or choreographing right with other schools i work at and then this past year i got a lot of clients um to do band body for which i love 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 doing love. and uh, almost love doing it more than color guard sometimes oh my god me too because like those those bando kids like they they cling to you they're like, so, yeah they're just so enthused and eager to like you know it's like it's like when you go into your your color guard programs and you know they they know you in the routine like it kind of gets everything gets predictable you know what i'm saying and that's not as inspiring sometimes, you know, but then you jump in front of the van and they're like, yes, how do you want me to do it? And they're, you know, their hips all out of line and you're like, oh my God, but like they're trying, you know, they're trying and it's just like, oh my God, you, 
or inspiring me and re making me remember why I love doing this, you know? And so I was super, super excited to do a lot of that this fall, but unfortunately, you know, COVID. And um, we're still able to, with some of my clients, I'm still able to do just like some band warm-up stuff just to kind of get their bodies moving. So that way next year we can continue where we left off, you know? So mm -hmm. I've been offering that. Some groups have just asked, can I do it automatically? And I'm like, sure. Um, but yeah. That's where I am. Good stuff, good stuff. I yeah. love band body. It's just, we're just in such a weird time right now. It's like, <laughs> everything I'm already, is just a question mark. <laughs> like, we already know DCI is not happening. I, if WGI, like, says they're happening, like, I'm going to just laugh. I'm going to just laugh and keep it to myself because I don't think, like, I don't think we're going to be able to, like, pick up and do WGI, which I, I know is like a little farther away, but I think like everything's really about to shut down again in the fall. We are doing a lot of stuff at Mad U, <laughs> like getting these kids ready. And they're super excited and they've been learning a lot. And I know uh, there are some other drum corps doing the same thing. Like I know there was that like Inspire thing, right? Was that, is, is it in the- I think so, yeah. Yeah, they're like doing something. And then I know- um, I know Crossman's doing some stuff yeah, online yeah. too. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. I know they're doing some stuff, so it's kind of mm -hmm. like, dang, a lot of people are trying to, you know, be proactive and train their yeah. kids. So I'm hoping we'll get something. I mean, even, you know, like worst, 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 worst case scenario, right? Mm -hmm. Like, let's say people like just don't continue to not wear masks, right? <laughs> and then we're still in this like weird place. I feel like at some point, you know, a vaccine might come out, right? You know, or even if a vaccine doesn't come out, I feel like there are still ways that they'll try to have some kind of performance opportunity. Um, and I only say that because the other day I was driving around in San Antonio and um, I saw all these travel leagues, like baseball travel leagues playing, you know, and I'm sitting here like, okay, if they're doing stuff, which I don't know how I feel about them doing stuff, to be honest. But if they're doing stuff, I'm kind of like, if we modify some stuff, you know, why can't we do stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I'm, I'm always torn because one side, it's like, you know, I'm not trying to risk my life or my student's life or my coworkers or the parents and any of that. I, I don't want anyone to, you know, be in danger. But then in the same in the same sense, I'm like, okay, but I see all this happening around me and people are okay is not the right word that I want to use, but they seem okay. You know, they're still having all these games and stuff like that. So why do they get to do this? But, you know, we can't do this. And I know there's a whole bunch of legalities and technicalities of why we can't do what we do, you know, and I don't know a lot about it. So I'm not going to sit here and act like I do. Um, but you know, it's kind of confusing sometimes, right? Because it's like, we're sitting here and we're trying to be very safe and smart about this so we can have a season, but I'm sitting here watching like travel baseball teams or travel whatever teams, um, mm -hmm. you know, go out there and play. And I see all these people at these, uh, you know, these baseball diamonds and I'm sitting here like, okay, they're kind of social distancing. Not really, but they're kind of social distancing. And I'm like, and they seem to be doing okay <laughs> you know but again i'm no scientist i'm no scientist i i don't know anything i'm gonna listen everybody tell me where i'm asked i'll wear like eight of them it's more normal to reject handshakes now like i'll be oh, yeah. elbow bump um, <laughs> but we simple like i see you mm. <laughs> but we don't need a you know you can even tell if i'm smiling i'm like yeah. the mask is like you know covering my mouth yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> so I have to make my eyebrows like really big. <laughs> so right. Try and then other people don't try. Like, like I'm putting in so much effort for nobody to smile back at me. Okay. I went to the store the other day and like I think I'm just so used to wearing a mask that like someone was like, "Hi, how's it going?" And I like look over and I like smiled at them and then realized after I was like. I just looked at them and didn't do anything, and they like welcomed me, and I just looked at them. I was like, okay, I was like, my bad. I like to feel like, or I like to think that they know. <laughs> they yeah. know I'm, you know, all good energy. <laughs> yeah, it's like I promise in the real world, if we didn't have a mask on right now, I might be a little ruder and not say anything back. But now I'm gonna try really hard. I I got into this big debate about no, no, like no. waving and saying hello and good morning and stuff because. I'm a really good, happy person when I wake up in the morning. I just don't say good morning. Like, I just never say it. My philosophy was like, you know, I'm awake. My morning's good. I could not be awake right now. So that means I'm having a good morning. You know, I was like, I hate small talk. At least I hated it. Now I make an effort, you know, to make more small talk. And not necessarily because um, it's what I'm supposed to do, but just because now I'm kind of like, okay, I hated being in my apartment by myself. Yeah, That's just human interaction at so this point. Now, like, I'm never going to take advantage of this. Thing. <laughs> just, like, acknowledge people. I'm sure people thought I was probably rude and like, you know, whatever. Man, that's so, it's so funny that you say that because so I'm in Florida right now. I've been in Florida since like mid-May and the culture here is so different from the culture in New York where oh, yeah. like, I'm not used to being like, even just waving to people in general like yeah. i don't even look people's way in new york let alone like say hey hi like wave and acknowledge people and now i've turned into this person where i'm like good morning hello how are you doing at trader joe's this afternoon for the fourth time coming in here to get your kombucha like, <laughs> <laughs> i totally totally know what you mean my grandmother talks about that all the time she lives like in a small town in alexandria well in louisiana which is alexandria and uh, my parents and my siblings, we've always like been in larger cities because my parents are in the military or were in the military. And so when we would go back and visit her, she would see how we kind of were changing and how we would go out to the mall and like really didn't acknowledge people or we wouldn't say hello or anytime she would go to the grocery store, she would stop and talk to everyone because she knew everybody and the town was so small. And we would always make fun of her for it because we're like, you know, we don't do that <laughs> like where we are. And it's not because we're rude. It's just because there's just so many people. Like, people yeah. are trying to get where they're trying to go. You know, it doesn't make me less polite than you. I just don't do that. And we we talk about it all the time. Like, I, every anytime I call her, I call her every Sunday. And um, she's always, like, stopping our conversation to talk to somebody else. <laughs> and I'm sitting here, and she knows I'm judging her. And, and, and so she'll get back to the conversation, and she's like, why are you not talking? And I'm like, are you finished talking to me? Are you the fourth person in Walmart that you're talking to? And, uh, and she'll bring up how, you know, in San Antonio, you guys probably don't even do that. And I'm like, I don't think we don't. I, I think we don't do that. You're right. <laughs> I think you're right. I think our city is just larger than yours. Yeah, it's like I know my neighbors' names here, and like I don't. I've lived next to. I was telling Mr. Oh Pedro God. actually the other day that so my next door neighbor. Okay, so we had like an elderly couple that lived next door. Long story long. We good. We are here. <laughs> we are here. Um, it's usually the other way around where I'm introducing Montana to people. Um, but yeah, we're strangers. It's a nice to meet you. Yes, yes. Do you want to give the people like a quick, uh, you know, rundown of your marching career and what you do? 
Um, yes, yeah, so I started marching in high school and then I moved to Virginia because my parents got a job in the Pentagon um, in Virginia. So I uh, moved from Texas to Virginia, did color guard there. Um, I marched Madison. I marched to Star Car Impact. Uh, we were in A and an open, and then they're no longer in existence anymore. Um, and then I started teaching at Madison as an intern. Um, and then I ended up going to Blast. I did Blast for a year, 2014 in Japan. It was awesome. Um, and then I did Mix It Up, which was a stage show in uh, Williamsburg, Virginia. And then I taught a bunch of color guard in Virginia. And then graduated college at VCU and then moved back to San Antonio. Well, moved back to Texas. And I teach at Reagan. I was teaching at Churchill. Um, I teach at Origins, at Onyx, I teach at George Mason University in Virginia. Um, I teach at Union with the Chelsea Arena, she's awesome. Um, and I teach at Hickory in Virginia, Chesapeake, Virginia. Oh, I also teach at Madison. Sorry, I teach yeah. at Madison. I am one of the caption heads there. I always forget it because it's so new. I always forget to say it because it's like so new and it's like, you know, the 2020 season and it's like the, the weird season for doing stuff, but it's not like traditional drum course. So I always forget, but I'm teaching there. I'm one of the caption heads with Sarah Rillo, who's at BA, and with Chelsea Arenas, who's at um, Chelsea Arenas, who's at and with the lovely Rachel, <laughs> at some point we're gonna be able to teach again. I know, <laughs> oh my you know, soon. But it's been you know. so long, <laughs> right? That was an amazing, amazing Dallas camp. That was the last time we got to spend together. Man, I, like, I, your, I still have your picture and Mark's picture on my phone, and I've never. <laughs> and it and it's funny because it's like I. I tell everyone, like, when I went that weekend, I didn't know what to expect just because I was like, I don't know. I, I knew Sarah and I knew Chelsea. Uh -huh. And I was like, I don't really know anybody else. I'm really nervous. And um, it just felt so, like, everyone just welcomed me with open arms because I felt like everyone kind of was like, all right, we, like, know her, but we know that, you know, it was like we were all just, yeah. like, mishmashable. <laughs> and I couldn't have been more, like, comfortable with a group of people that I just met I was like I just think about like hanging out with everybody and I was like I am so excited to teach you. Was, yes <laughs> we just all we just all vibe so well together I was like this is gonna be so much fun <laughs> like soon yeah soon it's gonna happen it's gonna it is gonna be fun it will actually have experienced all the amazingness that will happen yeah, yeah. Wait for it. oh man you told me you guys like geeked out on color guard like the yes, first night hardcore like specifics was... on technique i'm like i wish i, I yeah, want this I remember conversation talking to, who was it i think it was lucas and mark <laughs> and we were just going at it like all right is it do you do you lead with the knuckles or do you it was like just <laughs> so in-depth and those two can talk some color guard technique okay like i'm always like <laughs> like getting out of the conversation but like i mean because i just met um lucas that year as well but just mm -hmm. after meeting him i was just kind of like oh he knows his stuff and then yeah i've been friends with mark for like over a decade <laughs> and like he knows his stuff too you know so just having both of them together i'm sure you were just like just getting knowledge just yeah, boom, boom, boom 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 <laughs> like <laughs> like ping pong 
too. Man, it was so good though. Like I, I just can't wait for next season. It's gonna be great. It's oh, man, it was already great. <laughs> like, well, that's how you know though sometimes, right? It's like you know if you don't really like we all do this thing called color guard. You know, and even if we don't know people, if you can like genuinely connect with someone and just have a conversation, even if like, even if you don't do everything they do, like, you know, you, they might be like, okay, your knuckles are here, but you're like, okay, in my group, I'm teaching, not that. But, you know, but regardless, like if you can respect them and just have conversation flowing like that, it's usually, they usually good people, you know, mm-hmm. it's usually good people. So it's, it's really cool that you got to experience that and we got to do that together, at least for that camp, you know, right. so we can make more of that happen and move in at some point. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a big thing we're trying to push with this podcast is the why is greater than how. You know, it's like why we do color guard and how we do color guard. Because at the end of the day, we're all going to have our discrepancies and differences and East Coast versus West Coast versus Midwest versus Southwest, like South, you know, like there's, there's going to be differences, but it's, they're so small that it doesn't matter. Like we all do, like you said, this thing called color guard and that's it. Exactly. Let's see. I want to talk more about Blast. I want to hear your experience about that because that... Yeah, what made you want to audition and how did you find out about it? Because it's kind of neat. So in 2010, at Madison, that staff essentially like took over the whole drum corps. So we had all these people teaching us and we're just sitting here like these are the blast people, you know, they're teaching us color guard. And um, Jim Mason, uh, he was one of the people who actually talked to a lot of us at Madison about um, the, there's another tour happening and some of you should audition, you know, like you're being taught by the people who do blast, like why not audition? Um, and so we, we thought about it and I was like, okay, um, this is something I should probably do. But in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm not good enough to do this. <laughs> like I need to, I need to fill out my job book correct correctly you know I need to like relearn how to like catch my saber I don't have time to be on stage with all these great people and um and 2010 happened um and then I got a little more confident and 2011 happened and then um, I spoke to Jim Mason more about it um and then I just put a video up and I made a video and um, I sent it to uh Johnny B and Casey and then I get a phone call uh from Donnie and then I was like learning the show in Bloomington, Bloomington, Indiana. <laughs> um, it was awesome. I I loved it. I I met some really good friends. Um, my boss at Reagan, uh, Noel. Um, I met him there, um, and I met. Uh, I mean, I met Tyler Richards there. He's awesome. I met Shelby. She's like stupid talented. Oh yeah, Lauren. I Lynn. forgot she watched that year. Like oh, Shelby Clamer. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. all these like stupid, stupid talented performers that I like just would look at at drum corps shows or Winter Garden being like, oh my god, they're so good, you know. And then all of a sudden I'm spinning with them like on you know, on the Marley with them, I'm like <laughs> like fangirling and I'm like older <laughs> than like some of these people that I'm like fangirling over. <laughs> but it was just it was an incredible experience that I will never forget. And if I was a little bit younger and stretched <laughs> i would totally we'll get it. you there we'll get you there honey okay <laughs> the, the zoom rehearsals for the next audition blast right blast audition group are happening soon we've been talking to so many people who've done blasts like all right 
the time is ticking. Let me. I'm like, let me go. Let me set up the tripod. Can I even quick. still touch my toes? I'm like, I can. <laughs> oh my gosh. So like, I'll put on Salvador's leash, and I have to like bend down, and the hammies are tight. <laughs> like just. Oh my god. Putting his leash just... on, I'm like. What? Somebody was just talking about how putting on socks was a struggle, and I like. <laughs> I have to like not say it at the core of my mind. I never want to get there. <laughs> yeah, this is thirty. <laughs> this is what it looks like, and it. it I don't want to say it's downhill because there are some thirty-year-olds who are like amazing. I'm just not one of them, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay. With that. You take that back. You take that I back to, right like, now. Like, getting out of the bed in the morning, I'm just like, crack, 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 crack. <laughs> And then I get my phone, you know, I got to scroll through Facebook a little bit. And I got to do the other cracks for the lower back. Do when I get out of bed. <laughs> just, I'm like, oh, my God. The people who did the original show were, like, the people who are doing stuff now. You know, like, I mean, Andy Toth. Um, Casey Thompson. Casey Thompson. Um, Jim Moore. Mm-hmm. Rosie. Uh, Marco Rosales. And countless. I mean, Andy Marochek, right? Andy Marochek. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Uh, John Leonard, and a whole bunch of other really, really good people that I can't remember right now, but I'm sure two days from now I can remember them, and I'll, like, email you (laughs) their names, but, like, a lot of really great people, and um, I think from there, they just kind of kept it going (laughs) until, you know, um, 2014 was the last original um, Glass show that they did, and then it evolved into the Disney one um, that they were doing since then. But they, they've had, like, Glass 2, I think was called Shockwave, maybe, and then there was, like, a mix stage show, which they're essentially just, um, I don't want to say new and improved Glass shows, but they were, like, a, a runoff or a spinoff, if you will, of the original Glass show. Um, I know with Star of Indiana, some of the history there, is uh, they were a really good drum gore. <laughs> um, I don't know too many. Yeah, I just know they're like iconic and they like yeah, in like I, the 90s, 94 maybe. I, I, we need, yeah, we'll get the people on to speak to the my, history. My yeah. say is this, is tonight I will re-look up all this on YouTube, whatever available. Um, right now I'm kind of blanking out, I don't know why, but I'm almost in my drum gore history. It's like uh, 10 p.m. But I know they were amazing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I just know they were amazing. That's that's what I do know. And I know that at some point I should watch their shows and I should still, like, I should rewatch their shows, excuse me, and make my students watch their shows. You know what I mean? What is What would you say is your why or, like, your driving force to continue Color Guard? Um, my driving force has definitely evolved <laughs> over the, I mean, I can have like a long podcast <laughs> episode of why I do this, but I think the uh, short version of that <laughs> would be, um, I just learned so much about myself doing Color Guard. I mean, um, like as like a gay man growing up in a place where I was out pretty early, especially to my friends, um, but I still felt like kind of alone, you know what I mean? And then going to Madison, um, where not everybody was gay, but a, a, a pretty large group of us were gay in the color guard. And um, just seeing people who looked like me and had the same, you know, a similar lifestyle as I did and be so open and free and come from all over the country, um, some from different continents, you know, um, it just was really eye-opening to me that color guard kind of 
brought that side of my life out. And I remember when I taught my first high school uh, color guard group after my first season of marching, there were people I noticed that could be like me that need a role model or they need somebody to look up to, you know what I'm saying, that they can come out to, or even if they're not gay and they don't need to come out, but there's, there's, there's some other character trait that I have that they need to see so they can, you know, up the ante on theirs and be a great human when they grow up, right? Um, so that's just kind of continue to be what drives me to continue teaching. I mean, I can work at all the awesome places in the world, which, I mean, I work at some pretty awesome places and I love the places I work, but it's like, to me at the end of the day, it doesn't matter about the name. It's, it's about like what I'm doing for kids. You know, I, I, I remember I taught at this very, very small school in Virginia and like four years later, like all these kids are doing drum corps and like, you know, they were getting like last at shows and stuff, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, and they're doing drum corps and marching winter guard and doing the thing. And I'm sitting here like, that's why I teach. And that's because you're getting it, you know, like you're getting how, you know, you can be a person and it, it's, it's, it's bigger than you. Um, like all those little ideas or, or, or mantras, if you will, that, that I was told at Madison that I would always try to um, repeat to the people I taught, seeing them get it, made me knew I was doing the right thing. So I was like, well, I'm gonna keep doing this until, you know, I got a, I need a cane or something and I can't do it anymore. Um, and I felt like I couldn't do this if I did something else. It's like, for, I mean, I think the closest thing would be like being a teacher, which is like kind of the next step for me. It's one of those things where like, I feel like teachers get to inspire people, you know, or they get to be that that um, that character for kids to look up to, you know, that role model. And I was like that, knowing that I get to do that via color, like through Color Guard, I I I want to keep doing it as much as I can, because I feel like in other uh, professions, I don't, I wouldn't have as much um, of an impact on younger kids, you know, if I was like the CEO of some big corporation, you know, I'd be rich and that'd be awesome, you know, and I would, you know, do whatever I can with all my money for, you know, communities and stuff. But watching kids be amazing and seeing them grow and knowing that I have a small part in that, that's what keeps me going. That's awesome. So wholesome. I love yeah, that. I mean, that's like yeah. probably the one wholesome thing that I got. <laughs> I love that. Other than that, I'm pretty selfish. I love staying at home. I love eating my fried chicken and watching Real Housewives in Atlanta, okay? And being by myself. <laughs> and no, I say good morning to people. Apparently. You pay your dues at enough schools. You're fine. <laughs> it is cool, though, that, like, you know, we have, like, a real genuine connection with people that, like, how you said in other careers, like, it's usually based on, like, what, you, what you're doing to serve the customer or what you're doing to serve stakeholders. Um, and there's like a little bit of a detachment with it because you're like working for an entity providing a service. Um, yeah. Or, you know, that can be pretty broad, um, but it's not, it's pretty like raw and personal when you're teaching color guard, especially like we talked about it with other people, but um, with, like as a gay male and um, like seeing gay role models and then like being gay role models for like the youth and like you'll just you notice that you're drawing certain kids who like how you said who need that role model and like without ever like them telling you that they're like 
different or identify like different than what is like standard um you already know like something's a little different about you whether it's like your sexual orientation which doesn't matter or the way you relate to people which also doesn't matter like there's a reason why you're getting drawn to this like kind of weird niche activity yeah. with, with that draw some characters in it honestly <laughs> as we all know no totally you know and it's crazy because it's like you know when i first did color it was one of the things where like I didn't even realize I needed this, you know? <laughs> so, like, I got, like, I didn't know that this, like, something like this would affect me in such a way that I want to continue, you know, doing it <laughs> forever. And I enjoy doing it, you know? Like, I could, like, I mean, I enjoy doing it so much to the fact to where, like, at 10.30, like, 100%, if I listen to any kind of Medifile or, like, Adele love song, I will not go to bed. Because I'll be thinking color guard. <laughs> even if I'm not doing Adele, I'll be thinking color guard. So like I have to like shut my mind off, you know, at a certain time of the day just because I I really enjoy doing what I'm doing. You know, I mean and it doesn't mean there are days that I'll get stressed and I'm like, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? We all get those days, you know, just in any job that you may have. Um but I mean I I just genuinely love doing this. And like I said, just being that person that can help people who don't even know they need it, you know, um, that gives me joy, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so important to always go back to because like you said, things go hard and it's really easy to like do anything else some days, you know, or want to do anything else. But I think that's so like I think that's such an important thing to be able to just go back on and be like I'm I'm someone's role model. I remember someone um we at, at a Crossman in 2018 they made us these signs with their names on it and they just uh, all the kids like wrote a little note and one of them just, like told me that I was their role model and I was like it was the first time I was ever like actually told that I was someone's role model and it was like like me whoa i'm like are you sure i was like are you sure you weren't supposed to write on hers that you know (laughs) like so it was just like whoa that that one little note opened my eyes so much from that point on that i was like okay i changed the way i taught i changed the way i held myself in front of kids the way i dressed any like you know because it's like you forget that even wearing like spandex booty shorts to rehearsal probably you know it's like you the way you hold yourself the kids be like oh, okay she does that or like they want to copy you or this or that yeah, so you don't even realize you know like yeah. there will even be like something i say that like i don't even realize <laughs> that that might have been inappropriate <laughs> you know what i mean for me to say and i'm sitting here like why are you saying that that's like you know <laughs> not okay you know but and then yeah was, like you'll find the kids like copying your mannerisms or like yeah. copying the way you do things and you're like <laughs> or you don't like, notice whoa. how much like, you don't notice second. how much they pay attention until it's like a theme day where it's like dressed like the staff day and they come in like to the tens like details down and like your twin your your little mini me for the day those are actually probably the most emotional days for me teaching because that's when i like find out at least in my mind, I like to think it. I mean, sometimes they're probably like, I want to dress like this person. And then they're like left with that staff member. You know what I mean? But I like to think that that's not the case. I like to think that they actually want to dress like who they dress like. Yeah. So it's like, to me, I'm like, oh my God, you actually look up to me. And I would have never guessed that, you know, because some people, you don't even realize they're looking up to you and you might not even be giving them 
that attention, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And it then, just like, it's from like, an observation. Yeah, and then it like, and then it like switches my mind a little bit. It's like, okay, let me actually pay a little bit more attention to them because I'm clearly, there's something I'm doing that they're buying and I don't even realize it. Yep. So let me like, you know, make sure I continue Ultimately. doing my thing. You know, I mean, and, and even when I started, I mean, when I started teaching, I definitely should have been fired from some places. I definitely did not, you know, it's, you know, I wish I'm so like jealous of YouTube because it's like, you know, even with COVID, there are all these like podcasts and tutorials and videos and blah, 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 like all these resources that we can look at, right? You know, from people who like did the thing at their programs and like, you know, made these like iconic programs, right? And I was like, where was that when I was teaching in 2008? Okay, because I would have done, I, I could have bypassed a lot of dumb. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I remember I had, like one of the reasons why I should have been fired, because there were many, but one of them, I remember I said to the kids, <laughs> this girl who was actually pretty good, um, was like really terrible one day. She was just bad, you know? And I was, <laughs> we, had, we had to get like, we needed to move on and I couldn't move on because she was so dropping this rifle <laughs> off. And it was like, you know, something stupid, like a triple. It was like something dumb, <laughs> but for her, that was actually important because that was her big toss, you know? So it wasn't dumb to her, but for me, it was just like, really? Oh <laughs> and like, so I'm sitting here and I'm like, everybody clap for you, you know, clap. I'm not gonna say her name, but it's just like, you know, clap for her, you know, she keeps dropping. And the kids didn't clap, <laughs> but you know, cause they, cause they obviously, that's her, that's their friend, you know? And so they're sitting, they're looking at me and I'm looking at, I'm looking at my co-director who, is who she her name is Lindsay and she is amazing and she definitely geared the rehearsal back to the right <laughs> track but I was sitting there like you know you better you know clap for her because she keeps dropping so you know like maybe clapping will help her catch it I was being really really stupid I, there's just no other word to use okay um, <laughs> and I'm just sitting here like you know well this is me being a role model and telling you what never to do <laughs> ever <laughs> like i'm sure i'm sure i had a few tears <laughs> from some of my rehearsals but i definitely love those kids but i mean just going tying it back into being a role model you know it's one of those things where i didn't realize i was still being a, a leader to them you know in a way to show them what not to do and that definitely helped me grow because so i was like I look like an idiot. I gotta never do this again. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying that I don't go cray cray because sometimes I get a little cray cray when you know people drop in a, a double. You know, <laughs> you know, sometimes you gotta motivate them in a different way. You know, um, but I, but you know, having people clap for someone for dropping is probably not the best way to motivate someone to do what. But but that's real, and we like people <laughs> talk all, about like been young there and mistakes, and like you know when at least at least when you're on a team and there's definable targets like you you know this this chunk of the show we're working to clean or like you're like have a hard toss or whatever like when you're on the struggle bus it looks like you know my technique's not there yet or my strength isn't there yet or my mental capacity like isn't trained enough to like deal with all these responsibilities but then as soon as you're done performing and you switch into like the instructor role there's like like how you said like you should have been fired plenty of times like i have to like i was thinking about this yesterday i like had only done one season of Outdoor, and that was at the Cadets in 2012. And like I said with YouTube, like there was no, like 
tutorials online and I was teaching myself everything, I learned the Carolina Crown feature for Paint It Black from the rock and roll song because it was on YouTube. <laughs> and I remember like, Put it like putting it on my window from my like my. I mean, that's a hard feature. So good for you for learning yeah, that. Like, yo, and I was not flexible enough to be <laughs> doing this back then. But I, I, yo, yes, and I learned it backwards. I learned so much things, so many things in color guard wrong. Like I thought blade tosses you were supposed to catch in a hill. So like I was doing like a single and a half, thinking it was a single, and then I just always trained them that way, and I never caught it in the blade. And somebody had to like correct me. <laughs> yeah, well, dumb. Well, good for you. And I'm, then where I'm I, like, I will hop. Like anytime I have to catch hate the hill, like this, I'm like, oh. I well, saw then I, like dislocate their thumb catching like a blade six and a half, and so see, that like, extra that scarred my that scarred my mind forever. I was like, I don't want to do a six and a half. It's that's way high. Yeah, I'm like that's way higher than I'll ever toss a blade toss. So I'm like, you got me at a quad. I could do a quad and a half, and that's where I'll stop. <laughs> and I only toss a quad and a half when I just like I'm not thinking about a release point, and it happens to go a little too high. Or it's like when you just spun rifle for a little bit, and you're like, Badoo! <laughs> like oh, yeah, the weight so change, fast. like you know. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I actually like saber now. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like okay, I'm so strong. <laughs> everyone, we're about to do our saber warm up. Pick up your rifles. <laughs> we're gonna do a toss block, and then switch it over to saber. No saber technique today. I definitely want you guys to like let me know if this ever happened to you. But it's like you're outside, right? You're warming up and you do a rifle block and then you get saber. And then all of a sudden you're like a fierce saber. You know, I can toss all these tosses. I'm sitting here like, oh wait, we should have done saber first. But then the days we do saber first and I've like a hot mess, I'm like, okay. We need to stop doing this. We need to stick to a routine. I need to always do rifle first before I pick up saber. And like, it's so funny when you pick up your rifle afterwards and it feels like a brick. You're like, I swear I picked the lightest gun in all of the entire pile. And why does this thing feel like it's 10 pounds today? I'm like, my shoulder is like on the floor trying to toss. I'm like, what the heck? I've always loved Saber and always felt like in the inside I was really a Saber because I like look so butch. I'm always on the rifle line. So like, y'all don't really know. I'm like dainty and soft and just want to spin a sword. He is six one. He is not like. I was never going to be in the cadet Saber line because we had like. You had to be. You had to be under well, like five eight. (laughs) You had to be like in between like five three and five eight. They were never going to put blonde hair. Fine, I'll spend this rifle. And then we didn't even spend rifles. I could have to spend those bolts. But anyways, back to like supposed to be getting fired. I am so lucky that like I there was always an adult in the room when I was teaching. Cause like I had barely learned how to do Peggy Spins the summer before. And then I come back and there was like an adult to take care of like getting the drill sheets handed out to kids, measuring uniforms, color stuff. I was just in there to teach technique and to teach some twirls and to clean some twirls. I love doing that. And even when like the the schools like moved around, there was always somebody to take care of like a lot of the things that I probably might like, I'm not as a detail oriented as like it would have slipped through or weird choices would have been made just because like, you know, I was a tuba player. I wasn't like, I didn't have to think about like how like colors and stuff like mesh. And I did have like a taste for it, but like, you know, it, applying it to people's bodies in color guards is always a little different um there's like a learning curve so i was able to like watch people thrive and like and stumble um but like do it and then like also learn from them like how to interact with kids because it's not just about like getting the twirls down and i'm like so like goal oriented when it comes to like twirls and technique and like thinking about the math of things that like you got to like remember your like you said your 
teaching children. And like there's, there's so much more to it. Like, you're teaching them. And again, if any of my former North Stafford students or Palatine students are listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, it's something you don't learn until, you know, a little bit later. You know, it wasn't until I like relocated back to San Antonio that, I'm sorry, to Texas. I've never lived in San Antonio before until this, until the year I moved here. But, um, but it's, it's something where like, you know, I wish someone would have been like, hey, hey, don't do that. Maybe do this because, you know, this is, you know, who you're teaching. You know, I was, I mean, we would teach, we would have these like three and a half to four hour rehearsals, right? Because that's when we could get like the rehearsal space that we use. And um, I mean, they were tired by the time they got there mentally, they were just exhausted. You know, it's like they were up at like, you know, 6.30 or six o'clock in the morning to get ready for school and then to do rehearsal and then to be up. And it was, these are all things I think about now that I didn't think about then. And it was yeah. kind of like saying, you know, it's like, like I always had Lindsay with me, but we were still both kind of learning these things together. And so it wasn't until I, I like I said, like I, I graduated and I, I moved and I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to try to mold what I do a little differently. And I'm gonna really, really, really try to, to, to understand the high school perspective for them now versus me. Cause like, I mean, I was like in all the AP classes, I did all the things, you know, I, I, and, and I did all these rehearsals and I worked. And so I was always like, well, I did it. Why can't you do it? You know, but it was different for me than it is for some other people, right? You know, like for me, color guard was everything, but you know, maybe for Sally Sue, this is supposed to be fun for her. <laughs> this isn't what she's gonna do later on, you know? So, okay, now I have to get her to still be in this competitive program. I have to still get her to be, to thrive and shine, right? But I still have to make it fun. And I have to remember for her, you know, she's also worried about her driver test that she needs to pass so she can drive to school, you know? I know she's worried about her homecoming outfit you know, that she needs to wear for homecoming after the homecoming game. Because you want to know what? We don't have a competition that weekend. So why am I going crazy on these kids for this game? Well, we're not going to have no competition anyway. You know, you're going to do the ballot like 80,000 times while the homecoming cart walks through the Sabres. Okay. <laughs> like, why am I, you know, but again, like I said, you know, you don't, you don't understand these things until later. And I'm just, I, I'm so excited to see like what, you know, you guys do in the activity of people that are younger than you, like what they do with all these resources that they have. You know, I mean, obviously you have to watch them, right? You have to use the resources, but I can't, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of see where Color Guard goes with all these people doing so many things better and faster than I did. I so we know like Color Guard kids are obsessed. Like they will watch the resources. They will attend the free Zoom classes. They will slow yeah. down the like Aimachi show, you know, 50% <laughs> to learn those baton twirls, right. uh, a broomstick. <laughs> like, you know, like yeah. we're, we're those types of people. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I think it's it's wild too because you, you learn from the things like the things that you experienced that you didn't like too. Like, I know that's how I cater my teaching styles is like, all right, I was not so fond of like, so-and-so how he did this. And I was like, so I'm going to do it this way or like, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like you start to cater your teaching style to like how obviously like you're tr between your trial and error of things working yeah. out and not working out. And then on top of that, like, your just preference of like how you want to do things and it becomes your own unique style. I think about, I'm, I'm just going back to the, the, the bad teaching things because I, I started teaching 
it was, I think it was in 2011, 2012. I was still in high school and they like brought me down to like the JV team to the, to teach while I was there. Oh, I and, thought you got like demoted. You have to go back to JV. I'm like, you got it. You got it. <laughs> you still got to work in that guard too. You still got to work. <laughs> like imagine. That that would happen to me though. If I, if it was gonna happen to anyone, it would happen to me. <laughs> but I just remember having this one girl, and I had like from that from that year on, I had her all the way till she was a senior. So that was like the only kid I saw all the way through. And she was in eighth grade. I remember making her cry, and she was this like little like meatball of a kid. She was so cute and so tiny and like little round thing. And she, I remember making her cry one day. And then I get a phone call from the the director that I was teaching with saying like, oh, I got a call from so-and-so's parents that blah, blah, blah was crying when she like, I was like, okay. And I just remember like me like towering over her, like to apologize. And she was just like this little thing, like looking up at me, like mortified that I was even talking to her in the first place. And then like, I think about, I was like, okay, well, I can't do that anymore. And then that next summer I went on to March Cadets and then my whole teaching style was like completely like totally different. Those kids were taking dot book tests. I remember put like, I was, I was all for it. I printed out dot book tests. I did this. I did that. We were tracking around the, it was so different once I went to, to March drum corps. Like I didn't, a lot of these, I didn't even know what, I didn't know what a Peggy spin was. I did not do Peggy spins in high school. So I was like, we're doing Peggy's. We're doing five and five. Like th- I was like, I was running it. Like I was teaching the cadets. And right. I was like, <laughs> I was well, like, because you like, I mean, for both of you, you know, you marched like a really good color guard with like a history, you know, of being yeah. like a really great color guard. So you're sitting here like, okay, well this made them great. So it's about to make you great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then it's like, wait, Maybe I could tailor this a little differently. <laughs> maybe, maybe you don't need to be doing five and five. Yeah, like same intensity, like, nothing changed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah, and then like you kind of figure out in drum corps like what are the skills you need to like save yourself for that season and for your role. Um, so it's always good to have like the like I keep saying the adult Carol Gerardo. If you're listening, I love you so much. You taught me so much, but like she was there to like you know I was was not a dancer when I started. <laughs> the, the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> um, and Carol, like, Carol whipped those kids into shape with, like, the dance technique, and I was jumping into dance class with them, like, figuring out in the back and, like, hearing how she taught and, like, you know, just to give myself some extra, like, free training and to, like, you know, she's not always going to be there. I'm going to have to run dance class one day, which, you know, that was also a learning curve. The scariest moment ever is when you have to run dances by yourself and you're just like, touch your toes. (laughs) (laughs) Make it look so easy when everyone else did it. (laughs) Now pick up your flag. (laughs) Now pick your flag up. Yeah. Yeah. Touch your toes. Okay, we're good. We're warm. Perfect. (laughs) Nah, that's totally changed like so much in the last few years. But like, yeah, because he marched the, he went from marching the cadets to marching the blue devils. I also just just started dancing like so much more. Yeah. You don't remember like what is going to stick with somebody or you, you, you don't know when you're doing something or saying something like what's going to stick with someone. And we had this girl, she was like, it was my first year teaching. She, I'm going to have to say her name because the story wouldn't make sense if it didn't. Yeah. She was so spunky and like was really good at what she was doing. But like how you said, um, I like something happened with, with her that I like can't go into, but like she stopped caring about the season as much. 
um and like her attitude just like went to shit like because of like some family stuff and like her boyfriend was enlisting into the military and that wasn't her thing she wanted to have her boyfriend um but he was gonna be leaving he was like also two grades older than her but her name was Lori. Is that like crazy that's like all going on in high school and it's like i forget that like sometimes stuff like that does happen and it's i'm thinking like you know oh that's only happens on Degrassi. You know, that doesn't happen at like so-and-so high school that I'm teaching at. Meanwhile, there's like, you know, that story is happening to your kid. Yeah. And she was like, she was pretty good. She was about to be like really good. Um, and her name was L'Oreal. And her like, there was nothing I could say or I, at least at that time, I felt like there was nothing I could say to like, at least like motivate her to like at least try because it was just so weird to see everything just like drop in her like, being um so <laughs> her name was l'oreal i was like shampoo girl it just like came out of me one day like shampoo girl i don't know what you're doing but i'm gonna need you to deep condition yourself today okay <laughs> like and then i started calling her like different like shampoo names like I was, it went from l'oreal to pantene <laughs> oh, to head and shoulders i mean head and shoulders is still kicking though i mean it, I mean, it was fucking amazing, <laughs> not gonna lie, like <laughs> Everybody was laughing, and most importantly, like, I was laughing really hard. But then I, I did get a talk from the band director, like, okay, shampoo girl was one thing, but when you started calling her head and shoulders, you might have crossed the line. So let's just go back to, like, at least saying her name. I'm like, okay, good point, good point. <laughs> Lesson learned. I, like, totally forgot about that or forgot that, like, because I was speaking to her and in front of the kids as a director. Like, I forget that other people were paying attention. So, like, one of the kids who, like, ended up graduating and um, he was, like, a trumpet player and then he did, like, symbols somewhere. Um, he was teaching afterwards and, like, it was, like, my last year. Um, it was my last band camp at that school. I was moving. I was saying my goodbyes. And he brings it up, like, y'all will never forget the day. <laughs> like, you leaned into this girl on the head and shoulders. And like, it's somebody who wasn't even conditioning. Right? Literally. <laughs> It like, but you know that kids talk and the word spreads. But it's like I'm decondition sure. yourself, head and shoulders. We need you to figure out this swing flag. <laughs> right. Well, I'm sure not to be whatever, but I'm sure band kids love color guard people mostly because we are kind of weird <laughs> and we do say some pretty weird and, and interesting and clever things on the field that most musician texts or most visual would texts never. would never. But a little more straight and narrow. <laughs> my like, my director like, in high school. Him, like chuckling at yeah. us. But I'm, and, but I'm actually like reading the kid. I'm like, I'm not <laughs> saying it to be funny. I'm like saying it because yeah. I'm upset, you know? But I remember my, know. my director in high school used to be, love you like a stomach virus. And I'm like, like I love you like what? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, so you don't, you, you can't love me love now. I was like, like no stones. way. I was like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> I, I guess I would love a stomach virus if it gave me pay time off. This is, okay, this is random, but like, have you ever had like your parents threaten you with like taking you out of band or taking you out of color guard? No, <laughs> I did not, actually. So with my parents, I... I actually really wasn't that bad. Like, like I said, I did a lot of good things. Um, like I was in all these AP classes. I did really well. I I was working, like I, I would buy, like they would still buy me clothes and food and stuff. But I mean, like we had an open campus at my school. So I would, I would work and pay for my own lunch. Like I was pretty good. And I was like the oldest, 
um, by the time I got in high school. So they were pretty, they would never threaten me with stuff like that. But they did want me to stop doing color art. They were like, okay, do something else. <laughs> you know, but now they like a career. Yeah, now they, it took a long time for them to get with it, you know? Um, but before they were just like, okay, that's good. Do something else. <laughs> like, you go like we're tired of your shots. I don't want to do anything else. <laughs> yeah. Like, mom, I love this stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, and they just, my parents, like, nobody in my family really did music or anything art related at all. And so I just think for them, it was just, it wasn't their lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't their world. So it was just really hard to see, like, the value in it when it turned. I'm sitting here, like, how can you not see value in this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's a whole, again, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. It's, I, <laughs> so wild though trying to explain to people that just will never get it like how important it is to us i think about conversations i have with my parents and they're like so like you're gonna keep doing this like i thought it was just like a phase yeah no mom it's not a phase (laughs) (laughs) oh my god mom Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean. It's And it's crazy when it's, like, your parents, because it's, like, I need you to be supportive of this, you know what I mean? And, like, they saw you start it, and they saw you commit to it, and it's, like, it's like okay, they teach you not to quit things, right? And so they're, like, yeah, all right, you've committed so long for the time to throw in the towel. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, like, bye. I'm, like, how about you quit working in the Pentagon? See what that right? does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, granted... What I do and what she does in the Pentagon, you know, it's all relatable, you know, I mean, you know, but uh, it's actually not relatable, but you know what I mean. I was like, about to say, the, the Pentagon, honey. Like, she's working in the Pentagon and I'm like, you know, teaching Sally Sue how to do a con and like, you know. <laughs> like the headquarters <laughs> of the military. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's all, it's all, you know, it's all related. <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's crazy because now, they see that, you know, I can make money from this and they see how, like, how I travel and I get to do all these things. And so they were just kind of like, okay, well, I'm glad you finally, you know, are doing something in it, you know, because you spent so much time and money. And I'm like, well, it's kind of like college, you know, it's like you marching drum corps, right? Or us marching winter guard somewhere. Like, that's like getting our education, you know, for this, you know? Um, So we, in return, if we stick with it, we, hope to get some of it back but you know you're never gonna get all that time back there's a lot of time doing that five and five <laughs> you're never gonna get that back but <laughs> also like the experiences are so interesting that you just wouldn't get in a regular career like and the people like the connections like the the vastness of like how you know everybody comes together for this one thing and like you make really close bonds and then you all bounce from that thing by force by time um yeah. but like it's still like a more genuine connection than what you would make out of class classroom or in most jobs. Um, yeah, I 100% agree with you because I mean, all my colleagues, I still like all my colleagues, I still contact with. Our relationships are not the same as as anyone I march with, like at all. You know, it's it's so different. I mean, we're still good friends, but like. I would never be up on a podcast with them right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like I never because there's just so many things that we that they don't get that we shared, even though we didn't even march at the same places. Like none of the like the three of us didn't march at the same place, but we're still I still understand, you know, pretty 
closely what you went through, you know what I mean? And vice versa, you know, for them, I'm just kind of like, okay, well, you sit up late for us to study a test for a test. Okay. You probably yeah. have a job. Okay. I got you. you know yeah. What I mean? like, yeah. And then again, like being a professional homosexual, uh, it was, it was just good to like make a bunch of like gay friends, like around yeah. this, like the goal of like, putting a production together. Right. Um, yeah, because th that that's gonna get into a whole other discussion about like uh, like how gay men relate to each other. Um, but it was just so good to have so many role models and so many different like, it was- Or just people that looked like you, you know, like people who like, oh, not even look like you, but people who just had similar interests as you, you know, like so, for so long, it's like you're you're trying to protect yourself, right? So you're you're not out or whatever in high school or middle school, wherever it is, before you get to drum corps, and then you get to drum corps or you get to a winter guard, and you see, you know, people who are expressing themselves in ways that you wish that you could, and they're like happy, and you're like, I want to be happy like that. You know what I mean? Like I want to be that happy. Why could I be that happy? And so, you know, again, the drum corps is just so. And, and for different people, you, you know, for, for different people, for different reasons, but I just, for me particularly, and obviously for you, it was just like, the whole gay thing was just so, I felt so protected. And to finally meet another gay friend and just be friends and talk about stuff, you know, like it's, it was awesome. Cause I didn't get that at, at my high school. I didn't, you know, I didn't get that inside to the drum corps. Yeah, I think it's, it's cool too, um, kind of bouncing back to what you said a little earlier, um, that like the opportunities that you get in Color Guard, you wouldn't find doing other things. Like, I don't know, like I, I think if I had, so I played volleyball in high school, I played softball in high school and I was, I was a good athlete. And I was like, I think about like, what if I had gone that track? You know, like, what if I stayed with softball? Or what if I stayed with volleyball? I would have never performed in front of 20,000 people I would have never seen yeah. <laughs> like a majority of the country we live in because I talked to some of the people that I went to school with in high school or even in college and they're like whoa you've been to blah 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 state and I was like well I didn't see much of it other than some like cornfields and there's a football field <laughs> but I'm like but well, I'm like yeah I'm like I've been there I said I've I stood yeah. in there you know so <laughs> it's the opportunities that through this activity are just they're they don't compare to like joining a sports team or just even like certain things in college. Like, like yeah. I was saying, like the career sort of thing. It's, it's wild to think that this thing that we joined in high school, not really knowing what the hell it was in the first place, like brought okay. us here, you know, like we yeah. are talking like right now we're talking in three different time zones. This is like our fourth interview you know? in three different time zones. Um, but like, yeah, those different experiences, my, without giving away too much like family drama, my mom didn't make it past the fifth grade and my dad got kicked out, uh, expelled from school and never went back uh, on the first day of his eighth grade. Uh, yeah, of eighth grade. So like none of them had a high school education. My mom didn't have a middle school education. My family was just laborers, which like, you know, bless up. They do a lot in yeah. maintaining this country and like, 
color guard exposed me to like people who had like nothing but vision you know like i'm gonna go do this i'm by 25 i'll have this done and over here i have that it also came with like a lot of family money and family guidance that like i didn't have but like because of color guard it gave me a proximity to people who thought like that and like helps challenge me i was like wait you know like there's so much more to life than what like my, my parents couldn't even imagine half of the things that like the color guard was going to introduce me to um, because to them it was just like you got to make money and you got to survive um, in this country yeah, um, no, i i 100% get where you're coming from and i think i think that's also like i mean on a deeper subject obviously i think that's kind of why some people don't see all the value sometimes you know like people who are like like our parents sometimes or or just older people in general who don't do this i feel like they're like, okay, but why would you do that? You know, why would you spend all this money doing that? Why would you waste, you know, not waste, but to them, why would you waste all this time doing that? Like you can, you know, go do something that else that makes a, money. Like a word for word conversation that like my big brother was having with my mom because he was like making the money in the house. Oh, well, part of like making the money in the house with my uh, mother said to him, it was like, it was my turn to start making the money in the house too, to like contribute to the household. Yeah. Like, why is he about to spend like $2,200 to go away for three months to do this flag thing when I thought he was going to be a tuba player? Like, they didn't even know I was doing color guard. It, like, it was like a whole like curveball to them. Um, yeah. So it, I'm still in music though. I'm just dancing. It's like, it's, <laughs> next to him still. Like, <laughs> I was still out there with them. Like, they had never <laughs> been to, like, they've been to a couple marching band shows, and it was usually, like, just the very last one. And it wasn't right. even, like, state championships every year. It was, like, you know, whenever they felt like it um, out of the four years. So they never even saw me do color guard. And then I was, like, going to go do drum corps, and, like, it was already out of the bag by then that, like, I made a color guard spot. So, like, if they were going to see me, they would see me do color guard. Um, and they, they never did until, like, the movie theater of my... I think, oh no, the second, the second year they went to go see it at the movie theater, but still it was like, it was totally cut off from what like they, they didn't, couldn't even imagine it because I kept it a secret. Um, but because like, they're like, why are you going to go spend all this money to do this? And I was like, oh, y'all don't even want to see me thrive in my, my <laughs> element. So I'm just but like, like but I'm kind of good. Why I'm you like actually be really be good. Supportive like, of me. You know what I mean? It's like, just be supportive of what I'm I doing. I don't even know how to ask to get support. Like. It yeah. was just like, let, leave me alone and let me do my thing. Yeah, no, that's definitely like, uh, that's definitely the mentality I had through most of it. I think my parents came to see me do like my age out. In 2011, they came and they watched that and they could kind of get it. And I think they only got it because uh, I love her. Her name is Laura Moffat and then her husband, John Burns. Well, her, her name is actually Laura Moffat Burns, but they're married. Either, long, either way, <laughs> like, they got my parents tickets to come watch Lucas Oil finals in 2011. And so they did. And it was awesome um, for me. I mean, I had a great show. And, and that was an amazing year at Madison Scouts too. Oh my God. So this was everything, the show was everything. And, you know, and we, and we, uh, and I got to go sit and watch my, like I got to watch drum corps with my parents, like all the way from Madison on. Um, wow. And, for them, it was cool for them to see people so hyped about this, you know what I'm saying? And there wasn't a football team coming. Like, this was just yeah. for us, you know? <laughs> and it was, and it didn't hurt that, like, the people around them were, like, some pretty important people, like, in that box watching it, you know? So to them, their minds were just kind of blown to the fact that, like, mm -hmm. oh, like, this is serious. I'm like, 
yes, it's serious. Like, and I'm actually pretty good at what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And these people are like the best of the best right now. You know, everybody's amazing here, you know, and it only gets better from Madison up. It gets even better, you know? And so it was just really cool that they found that, but it took a long time. Like you were saying, it, it took a long time to get them there. You know, it's an extremely long time to get them there. Yeah, that was like my parents would go to Allentown. So it was, especially marching cadets, that, that place was insane. Yeah. So I remember in 2013, my, my rookie year, when they, they had came, they were like, we didn't know it was like this. And I was like, yeah, because they had, so they had come to like one of our, our first shows. It was like, we didn't even, the show wasn't even done yet. Um, it was in, we were in New Jersey and it was like only an hour away. So my, my parents were like, okay, we can come. They even brought my grandma. My grandma does not speak English. And so she was like, what? She had no idea what was happening. <laughs> and for so, like the abstract ass show we were doing, like, kind of, like, sure like, <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, <laughs> my Puerto Rican grandmother had no idea what was happening. And so all they had seen was this small little stadium of like just cadet fans, but it was like, maybe like 50 people in the stands and then they That's go to Allentown and they were like, huh? That. Yeah. And they were like, okay, this look is okay. So we spent all this money for only this amount of people to come see you. And like, then like, I guess like a month and a half later, they were like, Oh my God. Like it was, a, it's like night and day. It's just always going to be a question mark for them. But, and, it, and you know, and even then it's like, you know, when they ask, you know, it's just for this little bit of people. I'm like, well, yeah, they want a show too. And yeah. act, but like they should still get a performance or watching us, you know, get our butts beat every day <laughs> doing exactly. this show. And we still look terrible because it's like June, you know? Yeah, literally. <laughs> so like, we're still not debuting the rest of this show because we just learned it that morning, you know? Like, like come on, you know? But I, I totally know about it's crazy question marks everywhere outside of the color guard realm what are some places that you consider yourself to be box five um i really honestly think i'm box five ordering my food at popeyes because i go in on a two-piece with a jalapeno large fry large sweet tea extra ice yeah grape jelly for the biscuit not strawberry i like strawberry mm -hmm. no, i just don't want to know my popeyes biscuit Okay, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also feel like I'm box five in history. So I've, I was a big school nerd. Like, I was all about school, like, all about it. <laughs> and um, when I finally completed my undergrad, um, I knew, I was like, okay, I want to continue doing this. Like, I want to get my doctorate because I want to be a doctor. I want to be Dr. Rainey and I want to wear, like, you know, our body exchange outfits and I want to go in with my leather briefcase from Chanel and I want to like school people on like Caribbean slavery. That was my goal. Like I had this big dream, like to like still go to University of Havana and Cuba and like do the thing. Wait, we yeah. should talk because I want to go to Cuba. Like, yeah. I want to relocate. It, it was this long thing. And, um, now that dream kind of shifted a little bit. Oh. So now it's okay. <laughs> I just need to get my master's and then I'm getting that, I'm gonna, I'll be getting that at UTSA. Um, but from there, I gotta figure out what I wanna do next and where I wanna go get my doctorate from. But I mean, I love, love, love history. 
particularly I love slavery and I love oppression. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> I love slavery, Taikim Rainey. I do, I do. And it's kind of crazy because like before all this like COVID, before COVID happened and before like all this interest and like race relations and things happened, this this was like my life. This was my thing. I would watch like all these crazy documentaries about like the Ku Klux Klan and about the Holocaust and Adolf Hitler, like all these things of these like crazy like crazy people, <laughs> like thinking these crazy things, you know, of, of you know race levels and you know supremacy and all that. And um, I was always so fascinated with it, even when I was like ten. I would watch, I would stay up late and watch like the Ku Klux Klan history documentary, which is like kind of scary when you're 10 years old, you know, because <laughs> it's like nine o'clock and you're like, oh my God, this is scary. <laughs> um, but I would watch all that stuff and I started picking classes during my undergrad that focused on that. Um, and now I kind of still watch YouTube videos on it. I listen to a bunch of audiobooks. Um, I watch a bunch of popular culture uh, films on like all the streaming platforms. And when COVID happened and all this other stuff happened along with it, um, I got even more, you know, resources to watch about this. And it just re, it, it kind of like re-sparked my drive to get back and to finish all the educational things that I want to do um, so I can be excuse me, a teacher. But that's, that's awesome. Something. I can go on and on about that. And you probably don't want to hear that. And that's okay. Uh, I, I, <laughs> no, you're talking to the right. Like, <laughs> I love history as well. And I remember like my dad, like, even though he didn't finish, um, he didn't even start his eighth grade. He was like so knowledgeable on so much stuff. And I remember like, he, I would come home and when he was in my life, he would ask about like what, what we would learn. And I would tell him and he'd be like, ah, that's, that's not right that's not right this is uh, this actually happens did you know in mexico this happened and like was giving me a bunch of like mexican history and then just like general american history that like in school it's very whitewashed so there's a lot to like relearn <laughs> um and yeah, then like being much. being from south florida and like we went to the haitian summer camp um where it was literally like 70 percent like Haitian, Haitian kids, Creole speakers, um, then it was in Lakeware, so there was like a good, the rest of us were basically Latino, of all different stripes, and then, you know, the, the token white kids in this, <laughs> um, in this summer camp that was like a free program for us because we were poor. Um, so like we learned a lot, like I was just around like a, a bunch of Haitian people and we learned like I don't, it's still wild to me how many people don't know anything about like the Haitian revolution and like that's a whole yeah. like magnificent story and like how it ties in so, so much um, of like European history too that like they just like wash over. Um, yeah, I, I love history. I, slavery is really important to like research and like try to, try to like grapple with um, because it like, it's like the underbelly of the history that we don't ever acknowledge in this country and it's like it's 90 percent of the history you know of I how like our whole economy was built off of this and, yeah. me uh, and like some of my colleagues from undergrad were like reconnecting trying to get this project together um of like a curriculum that we would focus on that but me and my best one of my best friends mark um, him and i talk about it all the time and um i remember 
always talking about it, but people not really wanting to hear it because it makes them like uncomfortable, right? You know, and, but I would be talking about it and I have like a smile on my face, <laughs> like not to make them feel less uncomfortable, but just because I was like, how do you not want to hear about this? Like, this is so fascinating because I've never heard about this until I went to this class. And we got into this long thing, essentially talking about how, you know, I wish we can go back in school to when I was like in middle school or in high school and like really learn more about this because I think it would open up a lot more conversations that we would have here in our country. And I think a lot of people wouldn't feel the way they feel if they learned from this perspective a lot earlier on, you know? And again, that's what I'm saying. This is like a long conversation because there's just so many different little like avenues we can go down and talk about how it's so crazy that we don't really talk about this you know i think but, you're right though that it starts with like re-education because like people's base input when they like whenever you try to bring up these things and how it's still very much alive and real today it's like but no like the any american talking point that's just like so misguided comes up and it, like you can't blame them they went through 12, 13, a lot of ignorance. 15 years of like being taught the wrong thing and like believing in like these crazy I, American ideals of American exceptionalism and like the city on a hill that like totally was a lie. Um, and all yeah. of it was so not true. Well, like, yeah, it's like, it's like some of these concepts, concepts are correct, but we like gloss over other concepts that made that concept work. <laughs> so we exactly. need to talk about this concept too you can't just like talk about it for like a day but then make me test on like all this other stuff all this other fluff <laughs> you know at the end it's like we should be talking about this <laughs> you know but yeah i, I want, one day i do think years from now because it's going to take us some time unfortunately i think years from now it's all going to be much better with how people are educated on history and stuff i just think I think finally, like 2020, you know, people are cracking the surface, you know, some of these things we need to relearn, you know, including myself. I mean, there's still some things I gotta, I gotta learn. And I, I don't, I mean, I don't know all the things, but I, I like to think I know a, a, a little bit, a little bit, you know. <laughs> so, you know, even I gotta do some relearning as well. You've worked out a lot of different places um, and, you have like a, I think a really interesting marching career. Um, do you want to talk about like your design process and like like do you like designing more or choreography and like oh, yeah. what is your discovery process with all of that? Yeah, so I think the thing I like the most is honestly it's two things. The thing I like the most is watching kids get better. Like I love watching them look really really bad. Yes. Uh, and then, be terrible for me, honey. I like, I, yeah, I really, I know that sounds really crazy to say, but I love it when they're like struggling because then mm -hmm. I'll go up to them, you know, and I'm like, oh, you were struggling on that part, weren't you? And then like time happens, right? I think time transpires and they get better and I'm not on them anymore. Like one day I just stopped getting on them, you know, and they're in a water break with their friends, you know, they're having a good time and I walk up and I'm like, you remember you were really terrible at that part? Like, you remember how bad you were at that part? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> like, you're, I love that because that's like the epiphany. They're like, oh my God, yeah, I was so bad at that. I was like, I know, see, you probably hated me because I was on you like the whole rehearsal, but you're so much better now. 
not just because of me. You worked hard, you got better, you know, you practiced, but it's like, you know, I'm not just on you because I hate you. I'm on you because you've been doing that part wrong and we got to do it right. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, but so that's one part I, I really do enjoy. I think out of everything that I get to do, um, I think the thing I like the most is figuring out how to make something better. And it could be like, oh, this phrase isn't working. So let's re-look at this phrase. Okay, what can we do to make it better? Okay, well, you know, you're spinning with your shoulder. Can you spin with your shoulder and your hip bone and your big toe? Let's like, you know, let's get world-class up in here. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, oh, this song isn't working. Okay, let's try this song from a dip, like let's try this cover of this song. Like, so it's the same song, let's try this cover because it's a different mood and I think it'll look better on the kids and I think they'll get into it. I think you secretly will get into it even if you tell me you hate it. And I think this is competitively, is gonna do a lot better for you because it's gonna be different than everybody else you're going against, you know? Um, so I, I like that. Um, I, think, I think if I had to pick one thing that I only had to do and I couldn't do all the other things, it would definitely be, um, choreographing because I, I love doing that there are days i get stuck though there are days where i'm just like oh my god this is stupid like i hate this <laughs> if you couldn't tell stupid's my favorite word um like, you know this is so dumb it's stupid i, I hate choreographing this so i don't want to write to malagania anymore you know and then there are days where, like get a blast you know or like get it everywhere i've been everywhere i've been I've done yeah, everyone's everywhere. everybody everywhere. <laughs> really i've never had to do it <laughs> oh my god come 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 march with me i'm sure if we work on a project together we're going to do malagania no, no, no. <laughs> okay send, send me the contract and i'll <laughs> and add 200 dollars to the invoice i got you i got you you know but it's just like it's like the choreographic thing is just that's something i've always feel like i've always wanted to do like even when i was little i would like go in my backyard and do like terrible barrel turns to like all these like drum core shows that i would be listening to that i like somehow have on my mp3 player because i'm that old where i didn't have an ipod i had an mp3 player because those were like a thing before the ipod was a thing okay <laughs> like so i had an mp3 player and i like <laughs> listening to all this terrible many files that i like stripped off of mine from LimeWire. LimeWire, you know, yes. Napster. You know, Napster. Napster, <laughs> yeah, I was like. <laughs> so I like, you know, I had, I had all these drum course shows and many files and I would just twirl. And um, I think because I would do all of that work and because I actually started off as a musician, I played the French horn when I was in middle school. Okay, so, so because of that, like, I think I really got the musicality thing down. I mean, musicality is weird, right? Because what's musical to you may be maybe not musical to someone else but I mean like obvious musical cues like that's just something where I feel like I always thrived I mean I like I, I kid you to this day I will still ask my friends like even if I'm not working on their program I'm like hey can you see me that medi file because it's real cute and I just want to spin to it like and I'll do it like I'm not kidding 30 years old I'm like spinning to some like random high school show and I'm like letting you have it and they can't hear it because it's in, you know it's in my headphones nobody can hear but it's like some crazy band that I don't even work with you know and I'm like spinning to their show I'll go watch them on YouTube and I'm like oh that music note's coming up that I hit yep right and I hit them right now but they probably will but it's like a month from now they're gonna rewrite their part <laughs> let me just send them my little recording right, let me just, you know what you don't even gotta pay me 
I will just send you this little freestyle. You do what you want with me, but it's from me. <laughs> but yeah, choreographing, I think, is something I would, I would still pick. Um, and I would want to do it as long as my body can allow me to do it. I'm right there with you. No, and if you ever watched Taikim choreograph November Send camp, me. I remember just like turning around and like we're like doing flag block. We we were in a, some sort of block, and Taikim is in the back like writing some flag piece. And me and Josh were like, "Can we just appreciate Taikim right now?" Because even when he's just fiddling around with the flag, he looks so good. Me and Josh were like, "Look at Taikim! Those are he's he looks." get it we were like he had no idea either we were like well, hyping him up on his face get it too but you know we'll get it next summer oh yeah when when you and montana are teaching again i'll be y'all's biggest fan oh i can't wait i really can't wait uh, i i'm excited for everybody to teach even if i don't know you and you listen to this podcast i'm excited for because <laughs> we need some joke we need something yeah. Anything, anything at this point. Yeah. I remember at one point in the beginning of quarantine, oh my I was, God. I was, shut up. I was in my backyard and no camera, no nothing. I'm like with a rifle and I am teaching to nobody behind me. No, I'm just like, so we're going to release on count one end and we're going to catch on three. You got it? Okay, good. And like, <laughs> There was like a squirrel behind me, like like that, it's like fine. that's it. I just needed to like, get like an acorn or something. Yeah, I just yeah, like you spin that twig. Yeah, you better get it. Like, and I'm sitting there by myself. Like my parents weren't even home either. Like they were down in Florida already. By myself in my backyard, giving up downs to my imaginary self. friends. Oh my God. Girl, I feel you. We all we we all been. I mean, I don't know if I've been there yet, but <laughs> at some point, I might get there. <laughs> if I'm in this apartment long enough, I, I might be teaching to a dust night. I'll be teaching to Salvador. <laughs> so not oh, y'all are so fun. I love this. I, I have a lot of fun doing this. You know, I feel like everyone's going to be trying to go all out when we do come back, you know, just to like, because I think, um, at least for me, one thing that this has shown me, it's like, okay, I can't be saving nothing now because <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like one of my groups I was with, they were like tearing it up. And then the season ended and I was like, well, damn, like yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking they're going to have like a real cute end of their I'm supposed season. to be raking in the trophies now. <laughs> I was, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, I mean, I mean like, so they were in the national A class here and, and uh, the, the, central western side of the state and like our that a class is pretty competitive so like i'm not gonna say that we're gonna get a medal or anything but they were gonna be a fight they were gonna fight you know and it was just really cool to see them start to thrive and i was like well i'm not gonna save any more things i'm just gonna do it <laughs> like because you never know you know you might just have the one show so i feel like uh, everybody's gonna try to come out you know and be all the people and all the things just because they're mm -hmm. gonna want to give the best experience they can you know yeah because I think this discard everybody when it came when it comes to that aspect because it's like we're just gonna do it we'll, we'll, we'll add that next week we'll add I, I can't wait to see like the hot mess 
of shows right in the beginning because everyone's going to give all their hard twirls. Like they're going to be teaching all the drill sets, all the choreography. (laughs) Like the show's going to be full by the second week of spring training. Like, (laughs) oh my God, novice class will be throwing like sevens. (laughs) We're we're getting there, bro, with these middle schools. Like, a class. A class is ridiculous. I think of like I when I was in high school, I made finals in A class in 2011. Doing a passe under a triple. I lit literally. I did a blade triple, and I think the highest toss I tossed was a five. And now, and there was no the body was arms. Like I just People put my feet together. Like sit, rolls. sit rolls under 45 tosses. Yeah, yeah. I'm like okay. With like music without a tempo, like it's real. Okay, like. We spun to a cover of Rihanna's Umbrella, and that, like, <laughs> like, like, what? I at least, like, I, because, like, Color Guard isn't or has never been my, like, main gig, I've always been working so many, so many things, and Color Guard is always just, like, the refuge. Um, this last year, I had, I was, like, walking away. I, I told my commitments I was only doing... Um, November, early December, and then after that, I was out. Like, I didn't go to any shows. I wasn't participating. I wasn't checking the Facebook group page for the performers um, because I was done. I had, like, other things that were, like, conflicting uh, scheduling things. So I already knew I was out, and then COVID happened. So it was just kind of like, well, I wasn't going to see nothing anyways. But I really, I feel so bad for all of (laughs) y'all. For real, it's got ripped out from under you. I just contributed my little bit and and bounced. Um, Like, from now on, I got to give all the fame right off the beginning. Don't pull the hamstring now, okay? You ease into it a little bit before you go full out. (laughs) You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I said, you know, maybe stretch for a little, for a few days. Yes, don't high kick yourself right right into into phase three. Right. Yo, uh, thank you so much for for just being you and for coming out and talking. Uh, before we get into quick fires, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about this project with your friends, you know, your little podcast. Yeah, okay, so... Um, we are going to be doing a podcast. Uh, it's my friends Marcus Strati and uh, Johnny Talamantes. Uh, we're actually from three different coasts <laughs> trying to do this thing. Um, but it's just like a color guard fun podcast. I uh, just want to, you know, keep us together as much as we can be, keep everybody's spirits up, reminisce. Um, about amazing shows, whatever shows people like, bring in some, you know, people doing it. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. What's the name of the show? It's going to be called, it's, the podcast is called Get It. Get It. Yeah, yeah. It's called Get It. Yeah, yeah Mark reached out to me in the beginning of quarantine. And I think we had just launched ours and he was like, oh, me and, me and Ty were talking about podcasts. I was like, do it, do it, do it. We do literally it. were talking about one. I think like a few days before we saw that you were guys were doing one, we were like, oh my God, we might need to get on this. Literally, I, I <laughs> was like, to do it. So we need to join the, we need to join yeah. the trip. Yeah, so like I, if y'all don't have enough color guard content in your life, like go check out, mm-hmm. get it. Cause I was telling him too, I was like, you know, I was like, it's so cool that people are doing this. Like, cause me and Pedro, like we didn't think that this was going to take over our lives, but like, it's been like the funnest project that we've, 
been able to do together. And because everything happens virtually and everything can happen virtually, it makes for the connections to just be that much stronger. It's it's really, really cool. And it's I, I promise you, like I say all the time, this is like one of the most rewarding things I've ever done, like opposed to like like starting Color Guard, literally. And yeah. so just being able to like chat with people about Color Guard and learn about people and connect with people. Like, I promise you, you're going to have a blast. Like, it's yeah, going to be gonna love it. That's literally what we're excited. I'm so glad you two are saying that because that's literally what we, I'm saying literally like a thousand times. Literally, though, that's what we want to do and what we're looking forward, you know, to enjoy, to, to inspire and to become inspired again and to mm-hmm. just give some kind of positive moment for somebody with all this craziness that is going on. You know, it's like sometimes people just need to feel good, you know, and like it feels good when you're talking with people, when you're connecting, when you're learning with Mm -hmm. other people and hopefully that will make other people feel good, you know, and if, you know, you don't feel that good, I'm sorry. Maybe need a hug. Don't be sorry. This is your thing. You know, it's like, (laughs) but, (laughs) A little pat. <laughs> or, or a little, like, high eye rate. Yeah, like, just, <laughs> just the eyebrows. <laughs> a smile. That would you call it? <laughs> you know, but, yeah, I mean, that's literally what, you know, we, we hope to do, so. We'll see. Yeah, we'll that's see. so exciting. Like, we're rooting for you. Hell, yeah. We're going to have to do, like, you know, like a... Like at some point we're gonna have to do like a like a bash up. Like you remember? Did you guys yeah, like a round Grey's table or something? Yeah, you guys watch Grey's Anatomy. Like you ever watched it when they were like mash up with Chicago Fire? <laughs> I was <laughs> thinking Grey's like when like Family Guy and American Dad like mesh. Like, crossover. <laughs> we're gonna do like a crossover podcast. <laughs> that was. So- there we go. There we go. That's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be five people behind a mic. That's what's up. That'll be fun. That'll be a lot be of fun. Seven hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> Down. <laughs> whatever streaming service we need got lots of time yeah. like, thank you guys so so so, sure. so, so much. Oh. good night thank you so much all right Ty. thanks again thank you ty Keen, for giving us your time and for coming on uh in july <laughs> sorry we've been sitting on this for so long but you were awesome the show is great if you don't have enough color guard content in your life be sure to check out the Get It podcast, streaming on all places podcasts can be found. It is so good. Oh my gosh. The production value, the silly banter back and forth between Johnny, Mark, and Taikim is just, is just great. We are really, really big fans and we literally send them nothing but love that way. We're, we're in good community here, okay? Yeah. And with that, make sure you follow us on all things social media, Sci Tai B5, that's S-Y-T-Y-B-5. If you would like to email us, that is S-Y-T-Y-B-O-X-5 at gmail.com. Make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening. Five stars, five stars. Five star, please. Five star, please. <laughs> If you don't know what to write, tell us how you're feeling about the recent WGI announcements and what you're looking forward to when this pandemic is over. Side type B5, we out. out.